Consider the mule deer country closer to home. Too many hunters don't realize the toll on energy, time, and funds that travel will mean. It's too easy to sit at your computer in mid-January and make giant plans to travel the west looking for big mule deer. The reality is that come fall, you're going to be stressed at work and not have the vacation time you planned. Junior will have broken his arm at football practice, taxing your cash flow, and your buddy will bail on you at the last moment so he can work on his house. Suddenly, that thousand-mile drive seems about as fun as giving birth to a flaming porcupine. The Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a Rockcast promo code. Good morning, Rockcast people. Robbie Denning here. We're going to be reading from my book today, Hunting Big Mule Deer, How to Take the Best Buck of Your Life. And I didn't really line the book up with the season we're in. Uh, as far as uh, reading chronologically from the book, you know, right now, what, late July, early August, uh, application season's over. Uh, some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today is finding good places to kill big mule deer. And so so some of it's not really pertinent to the time of the year. So save the podcast. Remember it next year. Um, also, remember, I wrote this book in 2014. And uh, some of this uh, information may be dated. So if you hear something like the mileage calculation for the IRS, and it's not correct. It's because I'm just reading straight from the book. So you can adjust for the time that we're in. Um, when I wrote the book, there was a lot more OTC hunts than there are now. Uh, and, and sadly, um, you know, they're, they're becoming less. And that's why so many people are complaining about deer hunting. But we've covered that on other podcasts. I won't go into it here. Um, so some of the stuff you'll have to apply to the more uh, limited quota hunts that we have now, um, especially for a non-resident that's wanting to cross state lines to hunt, uh, not near as easy as it used to be. So uh, we'll jump into this. Uh, this is part five in Hunting Big Mule Deer, How to Take the Best Buck of Your Life, Finding Good Places to Kill Big Mule Deer. I get asked far more where to kill a big deer than I ever get asked how. Many amateur mule deer hunters think they haven't killed any big deer because they're hunting in the wrong places. While that can be true, I learned early on that you can be hunting all the right places and still not kill a big deer, or even see one. You have to hunt smart and hard in the right places to kill big deer. Most of this book is dedicated to the how and not the where. There are several reasons. First, if I only tell you where, then I'm not really helping you much. The where changes frequently depending on factors including management, drought, fire, hard winters, predations, and disease. You have to learn how to hunt first, and then the where becomes more important. It's like the old proverb, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. The second reason is that the where isn't that hard to find out anymore. Boone and Crockett has been publishing for decades where record class bucks have been taken. There are quality research services out there that publish good where information monthly. This is information that wasn't available on a wide scale basis just 15 years ago. As far as where to seek licenses and tags, that's old news now. You're better off spending time scouting and learning good areas than looking for them. 
But I do agree that the where is very important, and I go to great lengths every year to make sure I'm hunting where my chances are best at killing a big mule deer. I'll share how I find good places to hunt big mule deer, but before I do, there are a few steps you need to take before you start your research. Set your goals. I have to know what I want before I start. To me, I want a buck four years or older with 180-inch gross Boone and Crockett score or other features like a widespread, heavy antlers, or some combination of each. To maximize size in the antlers department, I likely need to hunt units that have traditionally produced record book bucks according to the Boone and Crockett all-time record books. This is not a hard and fast rule, as some amazing bucks show up in counties that aren't well represented in the record books. But as a starting point, I'm looking for areas with the best genetics. If you're not so picky, you'll have better draw odds than I will. I also want a quality experience, meaning some country where I can apply the skills I've learned, relying less on luck and more on skill. I likely won't be alone, but I also can't be hunting in a pumpkin patch with hunters on every ridge. Few, if any, big bucks live in those places. I also want to be able to hunt the area multiple days yearly, preferably 7 to 20 days, as that's what it seems to take to kill a smacker buck. Finally, if I can hunt the area more than once every few years, that is a big plus. It is very hard to learn enough about an area in one season to be successful. Don't let the stories in the magazines fool you. Just because someone showed up for the first time and killed a giant buck in a unit doesn't mean that is the norm. It is the exception, but it makes for great stories. So if I find an area I can continue to hunt on a regular basis, my odds go up. For example, I hunted western Wyoming about nine years before I killed a buck that broke 200 inches. It took that long to learn the country and find a buck of that quality. Had I drawn Wyoming's best unit but could hunt it only once, very common for the best draw units everywhere, I doubt I could have killed a 200-inch deer my first year. With those goals in mind, I'm looking for an area that historically grows big antler deer, limits hunter pressure either by remoteness, limited tag numbers, private property, or low deer numbers, or some combination of these, and allows me to hunt the area every few years. Set your budget. Where should I hunt is one of the most frequent questions I'm asked, yet I find few of those hunters have set their budget for money and time. By doing this, the question of where will almost answer itself. I used to plan hunts with no regard to time or money budgets. That killed my bank account and just as bad had me hunting units where I logistically wasn't efficient, wasting more money and time. When it comes to money, realize that hunting is expensive, but hunting for big mule deer even more so. Besides the great gear it takes, you also have to have invest in travel and time away from income earning activities. I've been hunting out of state on my own dime since I was in my early 20s. I've always had a second and third and fourth job to make sure I had the funds to hunt where and when I wanted. I've taken hundreds of days off work unpaid, so my income had to make up for that somewhere too. Many hunters don't realize how much it costs to hunt far from home. AAA and the IRS both put cost per mile near 60 cents. Considering that most of us need a truck to hunt, we're going to be even higher. If your hunting area is 600 miles away, you'll spend a minimum of $720 per trip. As I recommend pre-scouting any new area, those figures double. That cost is fine if it fits your budget and the unit gives you a better chance than something closer to home. 
The cost of tags is still pretty reasonable if you're lucky enough to be able to access big mule deer in your own state. But if you're, you start applying for out of state, your tag and application fees climb fast. The last three years, my tag application fees have averaged $1,371, and I've hunted only two states each of those years. I don't borrow money or use credit cards anymore, so my budget is based on cash on hand versus the value of the hunts in the areas I'm considering. Knowing what I have to spend really helps me narrow down where to hunt. Considering time budget, you need to assess this as you plan your hunts. I think you have to hunt 10 to 30 days per season, not necessarily consecutively, to kill a big deer. So make sure you schedule that much time. To hunt this much, it's likely something has to give, so be prepared. You simply can't have your cake and eat it too. The Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Join the millions of hunters who trust Onyx to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Some of the key features of Onyx are the ability to combine critical land data with on-the-ground exploration to build your perfect map and find success. All your save markups sync automatically to all devices for use in the field or from home. Onyx includes nationwide public and private land boundaries. Hunt with confidence and find new opportunities using color-coded public land maps, private parcel ownership information, and clearly marked boundaries. Mark locations crucial to your hunt with custom waypoints. Measure distances of your walk-in, shot across canyon, or distance to the nearest access point with lines. View maps in 3D and choose satellite, topo, or hybrid base maps to have the best, easy-to-read visual for your hunt. Go as far from the grid as you want. No cell service required. Save detailed maps, layers, and markups for offline use. With live tracking and current location features, you'll make it out and back just like you planned. Don't risk getting turned around or lost. So if you're ready to make the jump to Onyx, use the code ROCKCAST at checkout and save yourself 20%. You also need to remember that you may draw more tags than you planned, squeezing your wallet and vacation time even more. Some states allow you to turn back tags for a refund or points reinstatement. I've had to do this a few times over the years. However, if you draw several good tags, you're not going to want to turn them back and you need to have enough money and time to hunt them correctly. By setting your budgets, you can narrow down which hunts make the most sense to apply for or to buy OTC tags. Start your research. With clear goals and a time and money budget set, you can start researching where to either buy OTC tags or apply for limited quota tags or both. Your research will fall into two categories, big picture research and small picture research. Big picture research means selecting which state, area, and unit best fit your goals and budgets. Small picture research is the process of finding the exact country, drainages, ridges, basins, hillsides where big mule deer live. Many hunters really never be get beyond the big picture. Before I share the resources I use to paint the big picture, there are three very important considerations to ensure your research is effective. Too often, there is a serious separation between a hunter's expectations and reality. If you don't understand reality, you'll waste time and money researching areas that won't really increase your success rate on killing big mule deer. Consider the mule deer country closer to home. Too many hunters don't realize the toll on energy, time, and funds that travel will mean. It's too easy to sit at your computer in mid-January and make giant plans to travel the west looking for big mule deer. 
The reality is that come fall, you're going to be stressed at work and not have the vacation time you planned. Junior will have broken his arm at football practice, taxing your cash flow, and your buddy will bail on you at the last moment so he can work on his house. Suddenly, that thousand-mile drive seems about as fun as giving birth to a flaming porcupine. If you do make it to your unit, you're going to feel like a stranger in a strange land, and the thought of going home to mom and the kids will pull you like a magnet. With hunt options closer to home, you can still hunt enough days to kill a big deer, even if the unexpected happens, as it often does. Also, hunting closer to home gives you an advantage you won't have anywhere else, the ability to visit the area more often. You'll feel more confident in your abilities when hunting there. Consider all your options close to home first. It's really easy to get the grass is greener syndrome. Big deer hunting is tough all over. It's rather foolish to drive through units and states that could meet your goal to get somewhere where you have to overcome the same problems you do closer to home. I've killed two of my biggest bucks hundreds of miles from home in Colorado, but I've also killed two others, just as big, bigger actually, very close to home, and a slew of other good bucks within a few hours' drive. Logistically, I can spend more time in those areas and consequently end up killing more big deer than even great units a state or two away. If you get to hunt deer only one week a year, it's going to take decades longer to build the skills needed to kill more big bucks. Only by maximizing your time of field can you gain those skills. If you don't live in a western state, I think the idea of hunting closer to home still applies. I get calls all the time from Texans who want to hunt deer in Idaho. My first response is a question. Why would you ignore New Mexico and Colorado to hunt Idaho when those states certainly have areas that hold bucks you'd be happy with? Because half of Texas hunts those states, is their usual reply. Well, half of Oregon, Washington, and Northern California hunt Idaho, is my response. Or they tell me they've hunted those states and it wasn't good, or the winter kill was bad, or the outfitter lied, or the mountain lions were thick, or whatever. They'll likely encounter those same problems anywhere and would have been smarter learning a place they can visit more often. All things being equal, you need to hunt as close to home as possible to improve your odds. Save the extreme drives, lost hunting days, and expense for the really good units that give you a clear advantage. The Rockcast is also powered by MagView Gear. Step up your digiscoping game with the most streamlined digiscoping adapter in the industry. MagView pioneered a new era of digiscoping with its universal minimalistic spotting scope and binocular adapters. The system is designed to eliminate the frustrations and inconveniences found in traditional digiscoping systems. MagView's multifunctional system consists of three interchangeable designs, the S1 spotting scope adapter, the B1 binocular adapter, and the MagView phone plate. All MagView systems create an incredibly strong, stable digiscoping platform and only require a super thin stainless steel plate adhered to the phone to secure it to the optic. No more bulky phone cases, no more optic specific adapters. MagView is the digiscoping choice for minimalist hunters looking for one adapter to fit most in-class optics. Many Rockslide members and staff have chosen the MagView system. You can see our in-depth review at rockslide.com and the Rockslide YouTube channel. To discover more about MagView gear, visit magviewgear.com for full specification, installation videos, and tips and tricks. Start capturing your own MagView moments today. Decide whether non-resident status will help your odds. If you live in the West, you need to think hard about expanding your reach to other states. 
This isn't always necessary to kill big mule deer, and if you're not careful, it can become a distraction. Many of us, including me, make the mistake of thinking that everywhere else is better. That is rarely true. Just because you drive across state lines doesn't mean you'll improve your odds. You need to spend your limited hunting days in productive deer country to be successful, rather than driving all over the West in search of big deer nirvana, which really doesn't exist anyways. Make sure your reasons for hunting out of state are clear and justified, and truly increase your odds of success. Here are some of mine. Access special hunts. My home state of Idaho hosts very few OTC rifle hunts in record book buck country during the rut, a prime time to kill big mule deer. By applying beyond state lines, I can hunt the rut and without conflicting with other hunts I have scheduled here. Access more big bucks. Idaho manages for opportunity with a secondary emphasis on growing big mule deer bucks, and they do a pretty fair job if you ask me. By hunting some units in other states, I can access higher numbers of big bucks. Extend season dates. If you want to kill more than a few big deer, you have to hunt a lot of days. While I can hunt up to 40 days of open season per year, I certainly can't and don't want to hunt it all at once. Hunt 10 days straight for trophy mule deer and then try to turn around and do it again with only a few days break. Most of the time you'll be so emotionally drained that you won't hunt well and you will not enjoy it. By hunting other states, I can spread my hunting days out, giving me the needed rest and keeping the rest of my life functioning well. Adventure. I have to admit that piling all my gear in the truck, hooking up to the horse trader, and heading for new country beyond the horizon is pretty enjoyable. However, I don't want to sacrifice hunting days just to hunt new country, so I have to be smart about where I hunt. I want adventure only if it increases my odds of killing a big deer. Don't expect to find secret honey holes via phone or internet. With the rise of the information age, research has become more centralized and in a way much easier. Several decades ago, I used to receive statistics and other information directly from biologists and game wardens. I spent many hours on the phone talking to hunters, ordered local newspapers and magazines from areas I was researching, and waited anxiously at the mailbox for my maps. It was enjoyable, but took many hours of my time. Now most of that information is at my fingertips through state game agency websites, forums, research services, and other resources, including Google Earth. The downside with all the readily available information is that there aren't many secrets to be discovered anymore, at least not big picture information. I've operated a successful scouting service since 1997. This has brought me into contact with thousands of hunters. I'm still surprised when someone needles me for the secret spot that no one knows about. That is so 1980s. The information age has leveled the playing field. A hunter in Florida can get the same information as the hunter living in the unit. In the late 80s, early 90s, it was possible to be among the first to learn about an area or unit that held big deer. You could usually enjoy many years of hunting before the word got out, more hunters showed up, and quality declined. Those days are gone, but not to fret. You just adapt and keep hunting, and success will follow. I did an internship towards my degree in the mid-1990s. I worked a day a week in the Idaho Fish and Game Office for a spring semester when hunters are actively researching hunts. Every day I'd hear the biologists on the phone telling hunters virtually the same information as what they told the last 10 callers. Some of these calls were downright hilarious as hunters pried for secret spots, offered money and trades, and even asked the biologist where he hunted. Trust me, he's likely telling you everything he knows. If he does have a secret spot, he's hunting it himself and he won't tell anyone. 
While everyone might know where to kill a big deer, the masses don't know how, and that is how you can set yourself apart. Remember that you're not likely to find what you're looking for by prying other hunters for info. So be realistic and know that your very best information will come from visiting, scouting, and hunting the unit. However, you still need all the information possible to make good decisions on where to hunt. Okay, Rockcast people, I'm going to stop right there for today. The next half of that chapter gets into that big picture research and small picture research that I just mentioned, but it's a long chapter. There's a lot there, and that's what I'm finding reading a book on a podcast. It's not easy, and you got to take a little break. So let's just get this first half of the chapter out for today. We'll cover big picture research, small picture research in an upcoming podcast, and have all that nailed down for you. Um, let's see, next thing on the docket here are reviews. Um, you should have noticed that the last four months, we never asked for any reviews on the Rockcast. Uh, there was a couple of reasons. Um, we wanted, with the change in the podcast and with Jordan leaving and then uh, myself, Travis Hobbs, Sam Weaver, and Ryan Avery all posting episodes, we wanted people to get used to that that there can be different hosts depending on the episode and get used to the change in content that we're doing, uh, those kind of, those kind of things. But we got four months of info out there now. I think it's, it's fair to ask for a review now. So if you're finding value in the podcast, please jump on, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. Uh, I think Travis just on his last episode, uh, asked people for reviews and uh, you know that was by design we wanted wanted to give you guys a chance to make a fair judgment on it and honestly it just drives me nuts when i start listening to a podcast uh and they're immediately asking for five-star reviews and i understand it helps the algorithm you know get your podcast out there i get all that i totally do but we just didn't want to go down that route i mean this is rock slide after all you know we we make our bread and butter on reviews and and uh you know, the same thing we want to be treated the same if you're finding value please give us a review yeah we want a five-star review those do help but if we haven't earned a five-star review i'm not gonna ask for it um i did look at some of the ones that have been left and uh we've only had a couple i'm on the apple platform here david rydell thank you very much the the fact that a guy like you, a big mule deer hunter like you, with decades and decades of experience and looking at your Instagram page, everybody go over there, David Rydell, R-Y-D-E-L-L, -L, look at the bucks that he has taken, not just as of late, we're talking I mean, some of those pictures had to have been taken in the 70s. A lot of neat content there. David, the fact that you would get on and leave us an unsolicited review, thank you very much. And then we had another review. I got looking on here, and uh, 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 Travis, dude, I got to call you out, man. You can't leave a review on your own podcast. And and, and trying to describe this um, disguise your name from Natural Born Hunter to Natural Born Rebel, dude, I saw right through that. So, ha-ha, buddy. You can't leave a review on your own podcast. That's like your mom leaving you a review, dude. It doesn't count. But, hey, I know what you were trying to do. This is clear back in March. Um, we were just getting the podcast live again, and uh, we needed some activity on there. So, Travis, thank you. But that's the last review you can ever leave on your podcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, everybody, that's the whole review thing. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave us a review. If we've earned five stars, please do that. Um, 
We appreciate everybody listening in, and we've got more to come. Uh, we're still trying to keep up with one to two podcasts a week, you know, six a month. That's kind of our goal. But, you know, looking at the calendar, uh, it's going to get dicey here for a little while. We may, we may do some uh, previous episodes. Jordan had a gold mine of episodes that a lot of people have probably never heard that are just new subscribers to the podcast. So we might replay some of those, but uh, we, we appreciate all the support and we feel like it's been worth it. As Ryan and I said in that first podcast, when we came on in March, uh, you know, we're going to give it 30 or 40 episodes and just see how it does. And, uh, you know, we're coming up on that. And uh, so far I'm planning on sticking around. So I uh, appreciate everybody and good luck out there. The season is right around the corner.